Hello, welcome to the Nourishing Conversations podcast. I'm Nicole Rascal, I'm a local journalist here in the south of France. And I'm Kristin Kilberg, and I work as a nutritional therapist and teach classes in Pilates and Extend Bar down in the south of France. We've worked together for a few years. Uh, she was my health writer on a magazine that I edited. And uh, we've decided to come together and bring you some of the amazing people here locally who've created businesses, whether services or products that are fabulous for the health because nourishing is not just for your body, but it's also for the mind, the soul, and even the planet. So we're going to try and create a balanced approach to all the people that we have on the podcasts and introduce them to you both those in the south of France but also those a bit further afield so we get a really broad range of people. And tell us what your specialty is. I'm a registered nutritional therapist and I love working with um, detoxification and supporting hormone health as I feel that just getting the fundamentals right can make such a difference to optimizing your health. What about you? What's your specialist? Well, um, I've been a luxury lifestyle uh, journalist for a while, but my true passion is nutrition and I'm a certified um, culinary nutrition expert. And um, we have wonderful chats about nutrition and what affects the body and different vitamins and minerals and, and all sorts of things. So we thought this would be a good platform to bring you all of these things that we enjoy talking about ourselves. And if you have any suggestions to people you would like to hear about, then please send them along to us. Yeah, because we would love to meet more people and also help um, promote them as well, because that's important too. And uh, it's, it's important for us to help small businesses yeah. in addition to people who are just doing well for the world. So sharing is caring. Yes, it is. So enjoy. We hope you enjoy our guests as well. Welcome to our first episode of Nourishing Conversations. Today is 22 February 2022, so maybe an auspicious day to begin. Hope. Our very first guest is Elsa Carpenter, originally from Wales, who has created a booming business here in the Riviera for her extremely high quality and nutritious microgreens. Within a matter of months of starting her business, she had repeat customers and chefs ringing her off the hook. So, without further ado, welcome the creator of Nursery Greens, Elsa Carpenter. Thank you very um, much. Yeah. So, tell us what inspired you to get into microgreens. I've always enjoyed being outside in the garden and uh, growing fruit and vegetables, but that really kicked off when I bought my own house three years ago and also had my first child um, and having access to organic organically grown homegrown produce became really quite important to me and from that um, I started to become aware of uh, indoor farming and vertical farming which can be a more consistent way of growing uh, produce for yourself at home. Microgreens I was first introduced to through a friend who was uh, running a similar business down here and when she decided to go traveling with her family I saw the opportunity to pick up where she was leaving off and started the nursery last spring. It's okay. absolutely wonderful. So for people who are new to microgreens, what are the biggest nutritional benefits that you might get from them? Microgreens really are just a small version of uh, a plant that if you left it to grow to its full potential would become 
uh, broccoli or kale um, radishes. They're just a, a miniature version. Um, what makes them nutritionally interesting, if I can use that phrase, <laughs> is that um, they've been scientifically proven to contain a much higher concentration of the nutrients, the um, essential vitamins and minerals that we find in fruit and vegetables. It's just much, uh, much denser in microgreens. Um, this is, is, that, is that compared to sprouting? Then it's much better. They're different. They offer different uh, benefits. Sprouts uh, are grown in water and are much quicker to grow and harvest. So it can be uh, preferred to some people because they can grow their own kind of crop in three to five days, whereas microgreens are, say, like a step or two beyond sprouts. Mm. Um, and they require a growing medium, soil or, or coconut coir, um, and a bit more time and effort. And they aren't really eaten in the same way. So sprouts like, give you a bit more crunch because you eat the whole plant. So you eat the seed, the root and the, the stem, I guess. Whereas microgreens, you cut above the soil and you just eat the, the leaves and the very fine or delicate stem. Thank you for making that clear distinction between the two. Um, yeah, and think... it's, it's interesting because I, I went and interviewed Elsa at her, at her growing garage. And it's amazing just to see the flat of, you know, she has this flat of dirt and, and grows these seeds. And it's just amazing how uniform and, and you said that you have tricks and of ways of putting weights on them to make sure that they grow evenly. And then you can just mm -hmm. snip across. So it is really quite different from, uh, really from the sprouts. A really satisfying thing to see, you know, because they, I say it takes a little bit longer than sprouts, but really it's a very quick turnaround. I can have a crop with seven to seven days to two weeks, really, depending on what I'm growing. So I could sow my seeds on a Monday and by the following Monday, I've got hundreds of mini, mini plants ready to cut uh, for, for one of my mixes. Wonderful. And if we get back to um, the nutritional benefits, I really love the fact that the microgreens have a compound in them called sulforaphane. Um, not everyone might be clear about sulforaphane, but it's a very potent antioxidant that can help with many, many different things. And I work a lot with clients, especially around detoxification and supporting estrogen metabolism, where sulforaphane is really, really good at um, balancing out estrogens in the body and make sure you don't have an estrogen excess or helping skew we have three different types of estrogen helping skew metabolism from what we call dirty to clean estrogens um, obviously that's what detoxification is doing is cleaning out but there must be other positive benefits as well as sulforaphane can you list a few of those well, ahead of, uh, ahead of our interview, I was reading a report last night that called sulforaphane the, the best naturally obtainable health supplement. And in microgreens, um, it occurs in much greater quantities than in, um, in fully grown vegetables. And broccoli is really the, the star of uh, sulforaphane in microgreens, along with the other traditional brassicas, you know, like... Um, the cabbages and kale but broccoli really has uh, the densest uh, the densest amount of the sulforaphane compound um and really it can help with such a huge range of of offer so many health benefits from helping fight against um neurodegenerative diseases so alzheimer's and parkinson's it can promote help promote good uh, heart health 
lower cholesterol, uh, regulate glucose production. There have been some studies um, on mice, not on human, uh, that suggest um, it could help help with people with depression. Um, and also there's been a number of uh, positive findings and studies into cancer treatment and prevention that have shown sulforaphane can have a really uh, positive impact on, on the health of the patient. That's wonderful. And they're not just rich in this wonderful sulforaphane, this antioxidant, they're also rich in other nutrients too, aren't they? That's just one of a very, one, one part of the, of the nutritional profile of microgreens. Um, it, it's difficult to list them all, but microgreens have been studied and proven to contain as much as 40, uh, 40 times the amount of, of the nutrients found in a fully grown wow. vegetable. It's a huge amount. Um, I mean, it, you have to understand that it's that's per weight. So matching uh, 100 grams of broccoli to uh, of you know a broccoli stem um, with 100 grams of broccoli microgreens, and it's not it's not possible to replace a head of broccoli with uh, say 500 grams of uh, broccoli microgreens. It'd be very very expensive for the consumer. But having this um, big dose of nutrients. Uh, in microgreens is makes them attractive because they're so easy to add into our diets and to give you just that added boost of uh, vitamins and minerals uh, without much effort and much changing of your, your your way of cooking. These nutrients are really, really good for, for helping women, but they also are important for men. So maybe Christine, is there a particular nutrients here that can be helpful for men? And, and also because a lot of men maybe aren't so into getting their fruits and vegetables. And so maybe this could be a really easy way for them to just get a shot of vitamins and minerals yeah. and just thrown on top of whatever they're eating. It's exactly the same as with the estrogen excess. Men can have estrogen mm -hmm. excess too. I mean, we can pick up too many estrogens just from our environment. If we're drinking water from plastic bottles, for example, yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to mimic estrogen. Right? Exactly. And so yeah. You know, there are young kids, young girls and boys that go through puberty much earlier. There are all sorts of issues to do with our exposure to what are called uh, xenoestrogens and so mimicking hormones in the body. But it's not just estrogen. So these can, you know, latch onto our cells and our body and then create havoc. So upset our hormonal balance across the board. Now, of course, women have more... <laughs> a variation of hormones that need to be kept in check. Men's are fewer, but still their testosterone needs to be kept in check. And the nutrients also contain zinc, which is hugely important for men. Yeah. Um, and many men are deficient in zinc, uh, especially even teenage boys. It's very, very important, but also the protein. And they have a much larger muscle mass as well. So to sometimes keep up with the amount of protein that their body requires can be difficult. And we, I mean, to be honest, we don't all want it from meat sources these days. Mm -hmm. um, and even if you do, it can be tricky. So having the microgreens as a snack, you know, carrying them around and just eating them in between meals is a wonderful way to get some extra nutrients in for them and getting rid of the rubbish estrogens that their body might have taken in <laughs> in any other way. 
And Elsa, are there any particular greens that you've found that are particularly high in zinc or selenium or other? Sunflowers are one of those ones that are right up there with um, with copper. I know if you have a 50, a 50 uh, gram portion of sunflowers, which is really quite small. I mean, we're talking less than a cup, I think. Um, that's 50% of your daily iron intake. So for someone like myself, who's a vegetarian, that's you know, iron is often one of the things um, that vegetarians struggle with and having a really easy, uh, easy snack available just to give you like a little top up through the day. It's, 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 it makes, it makes uh, staying on top of your health really quite easy. Right. And, it, and it's so simple to just toss them onto anything. I mean, having a piece of toast or a salad or something yeah. and just... Mm get the get the vegetables that you might not be actually eating if you're not eating your five a day <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm always quite keen to explain to people that I'm not trying to replace uh, replace other fruit and vegetables with microgreens it's an addition you know it's like an extra layer to your extra layer to your diet and um one of my 150 gram portions it's it's 10 euros for the planet so it might seem expensive three euros three euros fifty um Per portion, per serving. Mm -hmm. per serving, but you don't have to use them in that in that that quantity. You know, you can sprinkle a bit here, a bit there, and you know, have that box last you last you a week or more. Important for men too, and teenage boys as well. Exactly. Yeah, moms are making food. Just throw a little extra on there, and they won't yeah, even notice. Exactly. Children, you know, I, I know that my sunflower shoots and pea shoots have been really popular with my friends, you know, toddlers, children the same age as, as my boys. Um, mine love it because I guess they, they see it all the time. So it's not, um, it's, it's not a scary food, greens. Uh, but for, for children who don't really enjoy eating fruit and vegetables, something fun and cute like a pea shoot yeah. or a sunflower shoot. It, and it must be so fun for a kid to nibble on a pea shoot with all of the things coming off of it. It's probably so a lot easier to get them to munch on that than like a head of broccoli. <laughs> and also, right. again, it's down to eating real food. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what we want to get the message across is just eat real food. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what kind of things can we put the microgreens on? Because if so, if we're getting kind of like those doses each day, if we sprinkle them on different things. So, I mean, things like um, sunflowers, they're, for me, they are nutritionally interesting because they contain such a high amount of plant protein and also of iron. And I'm a vegetarian, so iron and protein are one of the things I'm always looking to add to my diet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so sunflowers can be, I mostly just eat them as a snack, but they are great to just mix into salads. You can cook with them because they're quite, um, they're quite firm. And they hold their hold their shape well when they're cooked. I know that Christine has used them mm -hmm. in dressing, yeah. Um, which I did try as well in the summer with a bit of uh, olive oil, lemon, and a little bit of honey because I like that in the summer dressing. Mm -hmm. Um, is so varied. Uh, so you can cook with them. You can add them to smoothies, juices. You can just have them uh, raw. You can use them as a garnish, which is probably where most people will. Uh, will recognize them from and restaurants used as, as decoration um, or I prefer to use them as a salad mix so I, I have a blend of brassica microgreens, uh, broccoli, kale, cabbage and radish that I will just 
uses a uses my salad base instead of uh, instead of salad leaves like a spinach or rocket leaves I just that must just be a nutritional powerhouse to have a salad of all of the different mixed grains I, I mean I'm a total I'm a total convert as soon as I uh, tried my first batch of microgreens I knew that there is something quite special about them and the flavor of them is just yeah. really 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 good I've actually tried um a whole load of your microgreens and actually I prefer them instead of just salad leaves they actually make up the base of my salad rather than the salad leaves and they're so much more nutritious and so much so but now you're actually providing the microgreens for a couple of programs that I run um my cleanse and reboot which is a detoxification one purely because the the things that you have in the nutrient mix are so stimulating for bile flow and supporting the digestive mm. processes. So do you want to explain a little bit about the lovely cleanse mix or the nutrient mix that, that you have created? Yes, well, the I've I kind of uh, rejigged my nutrient mix this year to specifically suit the cleanse and um, the goals the goals of your program. Um, radish in particular, I think, is an interesting one for, for stimulating the gallbladder and yes. the other bodies of the natural um, detox systems. It's uh, it's particularly flavorful, the radish. Mm -hmm. I really like it, but it's quite powerful and fiery. So a lot of people wouldn't want to just have a have a plate full of radish microgreens. So they're mixed in with the uh, milder flavors of broccoli and kale as well as this year, green and red cabbage. Uh, I started growing those at the end of last year and they were like, very quickly became one of my favorite flavors. Yeah. And they're beautiful and too. Gorgeous colors from the red cabbage particularly and also the radish. I grow a whole range of radish because some of them are very, very hot. Some of them have a more of a bitter flavor, um, but then they come in a beautiful range of colors as well. And I always think it's nice to have a colorful plate of food. And, and that's uh, one of the things that has made top chefs really like microgreens. And you have a few clients who are top chefs. Why, what kind of microgreens do chefs really like because of their beauty? Because it's unfortunate that we can't show people like your flats of beautiful things because we're in the winter, but I they're know. really, really gorgeous. I'm starting my first, uh, doing my first sewing of the year next week. And I'm really, I'm really impatient to get going. Um, <laughs> Chefs, the chefs I've worked, I worked with last year weren't really the typical microgreens consumers where they're just looking for a pretty leaf or um, colour. They were looking for something that was flavourful, uh, organically grown. And unfortunately, I can't call myself, uh, can't call my microgreens organic officially because it's uh, currently not possible to have that kind of certification for an indoor farm. Mm. But uh, I try and follow organic principles wherever I can and be as ecological as I can. So the, that was appealing for chefs working in the same kind of mindset and also the freshness because I cut them the day of delivery. Same yeah, for my uh, same for my door-to-door -door consumers. I get an order, I cut it fresh. Uh, there's no no waiting around. Um, and also the the I, I offer a different range to the kind of microgreens you might see from the bigger growers. Um, I'm quite focused on these health, the healthier microgreens. So the broccoli, the kale, 
sunflowers. Amaranth also is quite interesting. That's a good one for, for bone health. Um, for bone health, that's interesting. For bone and, health. and it's absolutely beautiful. It's like bright and it's gentle. Gorgeous. It's a really lovely ruby red color. Uh, and it's got a really kind of earthy, sweet taste, a little bit like beetroot. Um, and it's a really beautiful one to grow. Yeah. So um, may we ask you if you could give us a few tips for those at home who are listening to our podcast that might want to try growing some themselves? I mean, is it easy? How, where do they start? It's absolutely, it's absolutely uh, attainable for the home grower. And since I started microgreens, I've converted my whole family at home into, uh, <laughs> into microgreen growers. Um, but you really just need a, like a container of any kind uh, that's got some, you can put some holes at the bottom. I know more my grandmother in uh, the UK is growing them in like a tinfoil um, dish you might use for roasting and something in the oven. So you just have some holes at the bottom, you put one without holes underneath. Uh, fill it up with some soil and sprinkle the seeds of whatever you, you want to grow on the surface. Um, a great one to start with is rocket or mustard because they're, they're quick um, and they have a lot of flavour. And then you just put them somewhere dark for a few days, moisten the surface, put them somewhere dark and uh, check on them after three, four days and they should have started growing. Then you put them somewhere sunny and within a week you should be able to harvest your first crop. Right. And you actually had a wonderful tip. You did a presentation for one of my programs before where you mentioned about using an airing cupboard, which I thought was brilliant. I do. I mean, that's what I plan on doing. Um, that's what I'm going to have to do now because I'm starting growing quite a bit earlier than I did last year. So even though we're in the south of France and it is nice and warm, where I currently grow my microgreens, it's not heated. So it's a little bit cold for seed starting. So uh, for my my sewing, which will be in time for your your uh, cleanse and reboot program, I'm going to have to start them inside the house, yeah. um, possibly in the airing <laughs> cupboard, or depending on how many how many uh, orders I get, I might have to take over this bedroom. Um, but it's it's a really it's a really easy and quite addictive uh, thing to grow. I mean, once you realise that it only takes five minutes for you to to grow a enough for a meal for one or two depending on how much uh, how, how big your container is it, you realize how easy it is um and how rewarding it is to be able to just grow something on your windowsill and so it's a lovely thing for, for families to do with their kids as well I'd imagine just to see that growth that happens so quickly because normally you plant bulbs and you have to wait months to see anything yeah. So um, nice little Absolutely. thing to do. It gives you, um, for me personally, it gives me a really, uh, I guess like a, a, a hit of happiness in the morning when I would go into my grow room and see all these small seedlings that have just popped up overnight. And um, it must I, be exciting. It's really <laughs> yeah. exciting. I was just thinking it'd be quite fascinating to put it on one of those time lapse and just film the actual I did, growth. I did, I did, a, um, I did a short uh, reel on my on my nursery Instagram account of the seven days of mustard seeds which, <laughs> from just some, oh, like setting out the soil, tossing the seeds on, putting them in the dark and then under the lights. And it really, it really can be that quick if you've got the right kind of environment. It's wonderful. So where can people actually follow you now that you've just mentioned your Instagram account? Where can they find you? I'm the most active on Instagram and um, my handle is the nursery greens and I've also got a Facebook account 
or people can email me at hello at the nursery.fr if they've got any specific questions or don't really know where to start with microgreens. Once you get started again with the season, where can they pick up your greens fresh? At the moment, I just have collections from my house, Christine's studio several days a week. And also I'm hoping to be in Valbonne on a Friday morning for people who want to come and collect. And that's up in the upper parking lot area in Valbonne? Yeah, I think that I'm, I would love to be at uh, on a market stand but still I'm gonna have to wait until my boys are a bit bigger before I can do that yeah. Uh, yeah. so at the moment yeah I'm organizer like a rendezvous pickup point in Valbon and people come and collect from me so then the best way is to call or send you a message and order it and how much time do people need ahead of time to order because it's not 24 hours in advance no. it's a bit longer <laughs> No, ideally, I like 10 days, uh, 10 days in advance. In the summer, I just grew as much as I could and anything that um, I didn't sell, we ate at home. Um, this year, I'm hoping to be a bit more organized and I am ideally 10 days warning is, is the best for me um, because it does take, it does take time. Um, yeah, especially if it's a custom order, you need to sow the seeds, wait for them to plant. And, and, I also had some clients who, um, most of my microgreens, I sell them harvested or, or cut, um, packaged in um, a bioplastic punnet. But some clients preferred uh, their microgreens live or living, you know, still rooted in the soil, in which case I would grow a tray specifically for them. Mm. And that they pick it up on, a, on an agreed day and give me the trays back the next time. Um, so for that, for if you know if people prefer that, then I really do need the I really do need the warning in advance. You mentioned um, obviously eating them as a salad, and we've mentioned also making them into a dressings. How else for those at home might you utilise the microgreens to make them easy to to get in on a daily basis? One of the easiest ways to add microgreens to your diet is in is in your cooking. So you would use them as you would any other vegetable. Pea shoots for me are particularly good in stir fries because they hold their shape and they, you still get that crunch that you might get from um, a bean sprout or something like that. You can also just chuck them in your juices and soups. Um, they Something like radish is still gonna give you a good hit of flavor. But I, my, my personal preference is to either eat them just as a, as a snack for the bigger ones like sunflowers and peas or uh, overall. I've seen this, yeah, this might sorry. be a question for you. How does, because a lot of, a lot of things maybe are heat affected, certain enzymes and things that are in it. Would you say that it's best to keep them raw? Some of the, the stronger ones hold up to, to cooking, but maybe to get the full nutritional benefit? What do you yeah, mean? exactly. You, you would destroy some of the, the nutrients um, through heat, but the best thing to do is actually then with with the stir fry, for example, is to put them in very close to serving the dish. So the mm -hmm. vegetables are actually cooked first and then you just mix them in at the very end. So they're having minimal heat exposure, but they're still adding the flavor to the dish. And it's the same with soups. It's always, you know, warm up the soup first and then add the sprouts afterwards. So you're actually maintaining the nutritional benefits from them. I have to say, you mentioned pea shoots and I hadn't eaten pea shoots before until... I had gotten them from you and they were so incredible. I absolutely love them. So yeah, crunchy. And then the little tendrils that come out and these little spirals, they're absolutely beautiful. But, you know, if you were to pick peas straight from your garden, that's that's the flavor that they, they give me. Yeah, it's um, delightful. It's really, really good. I put them on my avocado toast and it was just beautiful. 
Well, yeah, even the tendrils, I mean, they're pretty, but they're also fibrous, you know, so you have so many benefits of eating them yeah. far beyond yeah. just tasting good and looking good. They, yeah. they really have quite a lot to offer. They're a really, really versatile ingredient. Yeah, and wonderful for vegans and vegetarians because they are rich in protein too, so... Exactly. That's, you know, that's what really interests me. I mean, during last summer, I was eating a portion of sunflower shoots almost every day. And I, I mean, I think I I saw a good, um, I had good rewards from it. You know, I think my I just had a baby and my skin was good. I didn't have any postpartum hair loss compared to my, my first mm. child. So for me, I really saw some firsthand benefits of eating microgreens within yeah, and a that's, of months. That's a really good example of, of of how much they can help because you had a baby before starting the microgreens and then after being on them so uh, yeah, I was were really there other things you noticed other than I was trying to go through the baby, baby hair stage again and it just didn't happen this time so I can only assume that um having a better diet and a more varied diet helped me this time around yeah I would actually really encourage women that have just given birth to have the microgreens because they're often nutriently depleted having carried a baby um, and then giving birth. And it's very difficult sometimes to have time to make proper meals. So the microgreens is just so easy to throw on a piece of bread or throw in a smoothie or how, yeah, whatever and, you get to eat by themselves. If you're exactly. cooking food, if you're cooking food like normal everyday things, especially if you're working and you don't have time, it's really hard to get that amount of nutrients. Mm. that can be so easily gotten mm. in the microwave. Yeah, but it's just so nice to have something, you know, easy in the fridge that you can just snack on. Like, so the sunflowers were great for me. Um, yeah. I have clients who would buy a, a whole tray and it would last them last them a good week, you know, taking a handful here and there. And as they got longer and not so not so sweet anymore, use them, using them in their cooking. So they they can be really, they can be adapted to your to, to your needs, really. And getting back, you just mentioned a handful, I would actually say that sort of one cup or a good handful of microgreens a day is actually really supportive for for health long term. So if people are wondering how many of the microgreens they should be eating, if they can get up to a cup a day, that is very, very beneficial. Exactly. That's actually one of the reasons I decided to sell my my Nutri-Mix in a 150 gram format because you get three decent portions out of out of that 150 grams so you can either you could go all out and mix it all into one big salad or spread it out over the course of a few days um you might want to eat your eat them fresh at a salad first and then maybe add them in a juice or a soup later on in the week because they can last they can last up to seven days in the fridge if they're kept in the in a sealed box so They've got some longevity. And, and some of the more durable ones, like the sunflower pea shoots, maybe even longer, because I mine lasted. I was surprised at how long they lasted. Yeah, yeah. pea shoots. I, I trialed them uh, in the fridge for just to see how long they could last. And I had some that went over two weeks, and they were still wow. almost perfect. So if you keep them in a, in a sealed container, I sell them in these little um, uh, corn plastic uh, punnets. They do really well, but if you want them to go on and on and on, you can tra- you can transfer them into a proper airtight uh, airtight container in your fridge, and they could last okay. a week to two. And where might people? Well, get who a would let of- them last that long? Because <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> and where might people get hold of these corn containers from? Is it something you order online, or can you buy them locally? The punnets that I use, I sourced online. Um, 
it's a, from a company called Vegware. I think it's a UK-based company, but they have um, European distribution. Um, I was really looking for something that was compostable in the home home compost system uh, and, and no plastic. So for me, these are the the right solution at the moment. In the future, I'm I'm open to I'm you know open to all options for packaging as long as it's eco-friendly. Uh, so ideally, I would like so that people can just chuck their compost and uh, add extra benefit to their garden. I tried, uh, I composted several of the boxes last summer in my garden and uh, I checked about a month ago to see how they were doing and I, I couldn't actually find them. So I think, oh. I think that they've gone. <laughs> um, That's impressive. It is. I wasn't really, I wasn't really sure how they would do because I've, I've looked into them and I think they needed 50 degrees or something to properly break down, but we do have very hot summers. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Also, I want to say for anyone who is not local, you should still follow um, the nursery greens, Facebook page or Instagram, because the photos are beautiful. And you also post a lot of nutritional information on your page. So it's just great to follow anyway, especially if you're interested in learning more about microgreens. Thank you. Yeah, I really, yeah. I do enjoy um, sharing, sharing my recipes. I'm not a chef. Um, I'm, you know, I'm home cook. I cook for myself and for my family. Oh, and you have I, beautiful dishes that you make too. And you, well, you make I'm salads really, or pestos. I'm really passionate or... about, about homegrown produce. Um, it goes beyond the nursery greens. I, I spend, I try and spend an hour to two hours a day outside in my garden, but that really is, it's my, it's my passion. And before microgreens, I was scratching my head thinking, how can I turn this, um, this love of growing into a business? And not everyone has a garden and I, and I totally understand that, but for microgreens, you really need the space of a lunchbox to grow yourself um, some great food. Yeah, that's great. And that's and I what think, I, I think it's an inspiration for people to to get into it. So it's not just nutritionally valuable products, but also very sustainable. So you're looking after the body and the planet at the same time, which is great. Exactly, sustainable and good for and good for your for your mind. I just you know it makes me so happy in the morning to go and see to go and see all the all the microgreens growing and doing well. Um, same as going outside and getting fresh air. You know it's. It's just one of those, it's one of those things. I can't explain it, but it's great. It's therapy. It's natural therapy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then if someone is growing a flat of, of microgreens, once they harvest them, they don't need to throw away everything. It can be composted into itself, right? Exactly. I mean, if you, if you saw my garden, there are things popping up all over the place. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not like I've got a problem with weeds. Now I have a problem with kale plants and broccoli plants <laughs> in my flower bed because I, I empty out the soil that I've used onto either into the compost or onto my, my garden beds and I've just got things everywhere. And, it, and the plant will continue to grow. And so it just pops exactly. up. Exactly. I have a, I, I've tried for quite a while to grow a head of broccoli and I've had no luck at all. And then I noticed the other day that there is almost a fully grown broccoli growing in one of my flower beds where I must have chipped out <laughs> some broccoli microgreens. <laughs> that's funny. wonderful all right well so we've talked about business now we come to the part where we have um some nourishing bites questions uh that we'd like to ask our guests um so what has been the biggest life lesson after you've started this whole business and and it's been a short time because your business just blossomed literally 
so quickly. What have you learned from this experience? Yeah, it was a lot more, uh, a lot more, my microgreens were a lot more popular than I was really anticipating. Um, for me, I started off thinking, you know, kind of like, I don't want to call it a hobby business because I was obviously taking it very seriously. We, we uh, converted a part of our house into a growing room and I dedicated a lot of time to researching microgreens before I started. But um, I was just kind of testing the water to see how much interest there would be. So I would, you know, a life lesson is have a bit of trust. You know, I didn't know how they were going to go. I didn't know how I would be able to, to manage it all because I, I had a, I think my youngest was three months when I started. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't know how much time I was going to have, but for uh, really for me, it was, it was a great uh, kickstart. You know, I, it gave me like a, an extra purpose. I really enjoyed having, you know, an hour or two a day at the start just to, to focus on a nice task like like growing and sowing seeds it's really good for personally I really enjoy it um so yeah to have a bit of have a bit of faith that your your project can work yeah and it's amazing too because you started this business as a new mother and so you were able to create this throughout that that's fabulous yeah thankfully he was a really good sleeper at the start and didn't work <laughs> it's always helpful <laughs> being in the, the nice warm dark space of the grow room uh so for the first few months at least and then as soon as he started moving I had to change my change my working hours <laughs> wonderful so also Elsa is there a saying or a quote that resonates with you that you may have heard and that has helped you throughout your life example I have one that's filled the fear and do it anyway which is a bit like what you were saying before um about following through with your passion and that's always helped me um carry things through because it can be nerve-wracking both stepping out and doing something by yourself um and not knowing whether you're going to fall flat on your face or you're going to you know be running through the finish line so is there anything that has helped you or guided you I would say you know making just making um making the best decisions for you you know I learned I really enjoyed last year but it was also quite a hectic year with two small children and a new business and so this year I've um I've taken the last couple of months to have a proper think about what I want out of the business and um the products I want to be offering people the quality of products I want to be offering people and have decided to 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 adapt my business I guess to to suit me best Mm. um and to ensure that my clients are getting you know high quality high quality vegetables that haven't been haven't been rushed haven't spent you know excess time and delights because that adds stress to plants you know I don't get if I try and push through a push through a crop I don't get the quality crop I would get if I just let them do their own thing naturally and that that applies to me I guess and that's that's a really really good point and I think it's so important for so many people especially women um, to, to put yourself first and make it the choices that work for you. Because if you're constantly running after and trying to please all the different requests that you might get, which could be unlimited, then your quality falls behind. Yes, that's a really, really good point. Yeah, quality and, and, and happiness. You know, I, I, I want to enjoy, my, enjoy my, uh, my work and I do enjoy it. But obviously when you're trying to getting up before before sunrise and going to bed like long after everybody else in the house it's mm, not ideal yeah. better balance and um yeah better balance and best quality 
to um, go back and say, because I said new mother, but we should also mention you already had a child. So you had two kids when you're starting this business. So it's just amazing that that you've been able to do this. And also, as you said, putting doing what works for you in your time and finding a balance really was the important part. Yeah, well, thankfully, I have a, a baby who likes his sleep and um, and a three-year-old who really likes the garden. So this year, I'm hoping I can uh, train him up to do some of the watering. Yeah, get him working. <laughs> I already have a man in the garden. He's great at, he's great at weeding. So I just got to change his skills and maybe he can help me. Wonderful. Great. So it's going to be a big family enterprise like that. <laughs> That'll be great. Um, Having two, so... extra, two extra pairs of helping hands. That's great. <laughs> So what has influenced you? We talked about, you know, making sure that you find balance and and do what works for you, but is there someone or some thought process that really influenced you along the way? I think I really respect people who take, yeah, I I respect people who take decisions for for the better of themselves. my sister, my younger sister is a, was a professional athlete and was really at the top of her career. And she was finding the whole thing far too stressful, wasn't enjoying her sport anymore um, and decided to, decided to retire and take on, go on a different path. And now she's kind of setting herself up as a, as a geologist kind of explorer, goes on these amazing, um, wow. amazing trips. And really she, that was a decision for her, you know, she could have, continued in her career and she was right at the very top but she wasn't enjoying it so I think you know you're not people say you know to risk it all I really think you know you don't have to have it all you just um you do what what you personally want and try not to you don't have anyone to please apart from yourself really yeah it's about finding your passion isn't it and just following through with with that um what you what you enjoy and not feeling responsible for for others other what other people want from you yeah it's so important <laughs> listen up everybody <laughs> yeah no it is and some people are so um nervous concerned about sort of saying no to things that aren't supportive yeah. to them um but yeah. actually it's so detrimental on the health yeah i mean yeah everyone i'm sure can relate to their feeling of not wanting to let other people down um and it's, it's a fine line, isn't it, between making everyone else happy and making making it yourself. And it's it's, lo- it's lovely that it's your sister that's been a great influence to you. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, so she, 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 I think it took her a long time to come to that decision. And when she did, I, I know she felt better. That's a massive decision to make. <laughs> hmm. Especially when she's been the top yeah. of her game and then she's stepping down. It's a very, very difficult decision. So hats off to her. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, what's next for you then, Elsa? I mean, you have expanded a little bit about maybe when you've got your youngest being looked after that you might want to develop a bit more. Is that where you see your business growing in the future? Yes. So last year, my first year was very much um, learning about my business, learning who is my customer, what kind of market was I going for. Um, And I think that people, my, you know, the people I want to be to be serving are those who are interested in their health. So I'm not interested in selling huge quantities to, um, to restaurants. Obviously, I'm very, I appreciated the support from chefs, but I'm, I'm, 
for me, microgreens are far more than just a garnish. So it was about deciding that this year um, I've changed some of my methods a little bit to make, to be more efficient. Um, I've learned a lot in the last year and I hope in the future to, to expand my business. Currently it's uh, at home. I would perhaps look, look at growing outside in my garden. I've got a great, um, a great garden for, for growing um, or in a more commercial setting. I'm not really sure. I'm trying to, trying to figure it out. We've got one, um, my son is in, uh, my three-year-old is at school now. From September, my youngest will start nursery. Mm -hmm. um, and then I will yeah, have a bit more time on my hands to, to figure out where I want to take the business. All kinds, I'm interested in a whole whole range of um, possibilities from edible flowers to, to, mm. to the more aromatic microgreens like coriander, parsley that take a very long time to grow. Um, and currently my, my little space I haven't got I just haven't got room for them but in the future well, we'll look forward to it yeah we very much look forward to seeing it grow and develop I actually have a, a little idea for you as well which I'll have to speak to you about at some point mm -hmm. <laughs> well thank you so much for for joining us on our very first podcast I'm glad you're our, our first guest thank you very much thank you, thank you.